The Free Pizza Podcast is proudly sponsored by Lucky House MFG. Lucky House is an eco-friendly screen printing and design studio with over 10 years of experience in the industry. They offer high-quality custom printing services, including apparel printing, graphic design, promo goods, and embroidery. Visit www.luckyhousemfg.com to get a quote and to learn more. This is Tommy Noonan, and you are listening to Free Pizza. pizza your platform for creatives and today we have a very 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 special guest someone that i've been meaning to talk to for a very long time it's my fault because uh life is crazy um but the daniel becker what's up brother hey daniel how are you man <laughs> yes daniel and daniel i know right? that's gonna be easy right the one the one and only that we're the only daniels in the world <laughs> that, yeah that's right it's it's a pretty um pretty uncommon name from my understanding you know? <laughs> absolutely um so honored to be here man uh you're in high point which is where i grew up right yeah and uh you're caitlin's partner who uh caitlin was a very good friend of mine yeah, uh yeah. was is a very good friend of mine sure. um and i'm happy to be here and you uh have a, a lot of skills and talents we gotta talk about here well, um <laughs> uh, yeah sure let's, let's say that with uh you know <laughs> I'm gonna call you an actor. I'm gonna call you a teacher. I'm gonna call you a poet. Well, I appreciate that. Yeah, I'm gonna put all the um, the false humility caveats in there. But yeah, I'll, I'll I'll sign off on all of those terms. It is true. I have acted. I have written poetry, and I have, you know, spent time in a classroom. Yes. So I guess that's a teacher. Right? I, I think that's, that's what that's my definition anyway. I would call you that. Sure. I think, right, you yeah. know, yeah. molding your mind. I try and tell children what to do. Right? <laughs> That is a teacher, right? Respectfully. Pretty straightforward, yeah. (laughs) Sure, respectfully. Why not, yeah. But yeah, so Daniel, and you're from, you're not from here. So let's talk about where you're from, and we're going to go from there. Sure. Yeah, I ain't from around these parts. I'm, um... I'm actually from New Jersey, and no, nah, I'm just joking. I'm from, <laughs> I'm from Australia. I'm from Sydney. Uh, I grew up there, uh, went to college there, and then as soon as I finished college, it was kind of like, all right, let's, um, let's go somewhere. Let's do something, you know? Yeah, yeah. Um, I'd always wanted to come to the U.S., but um, one of my professors actually was, uh, you know, an American. I expressed the idea, like, hey, I'd like to go teach in, um, you know, the U.S. one day. And he's like, basically coming straight out of college if you got zero chance of that. So I was like, all right, well, where else could I go? Um, The U.K. was an option because I have an Italian passport. So (gasps) in theory, I can go, yeah, work in... Not anymore in the UK because that doesn't work with the whole Brexit thing. But at the time, you know, you could go over there and you could basically work and travel around Europe. Um, So it's very, very, you know, lucky, privileged to have that sort of opportunity. Um, So I went and started teaching in the UK, in London for about two years. Stayed probably about two and a half years or so. Yeah. Um, Tried to get a bit of traveling underway there. Was primarily teaching theater. um, Yeah. Really good school, which is awesome. Um, Part of my job was basically going, getting paid to go see like two shows in the West End like a week or something. Sure, you had to like take a group of like, you know, 10 kids or so, but, um, you know, whatever you put up with it. So (laughs) It's insane. Exactly. So that was cool. Um, Then afterwards... I got the, yeah, that, that itchy feet again. I came back to Australia for a little bit, but that was really just as a stopover to go, um, you know, to Japan. And I taught over there for about, 
just over a year, um, which was cool. Japan's a really cool I'm place. Say, to, dude, yeah. How was Japan? How was the culture there? And why did you choose there? So, one of the reasons I chose Japan was, uh, again, as I'm telling you this, I'm, I'm realizing I'm very easily influenced by anyone <laughs> around me. Uh, one of the teachers I was working with in the UK was a bloke who used to work in Japan. Yeah. And so, you know, he would just sort of tell me stories and, you know, some of his adventures and stuff like that. I was like, that could be pretty cool. I'd been there once um, with a band that I was playing with when I was in Sydney. Um, Whoa. Okay. Oh, uh, yeah. That was nothing like you know, <laughs> Whoa. grandiose. No, that was just like, <laughs> you know, I used to uh, play drums in this, um, it's kind of like a 90s alt rock sort of band semi-grungy sort of that stuff sounds there sick. it was all right you know we weren't like huge or anything like that but a, a japanese group that was out in sydney um for a while when we were you know sort of playing around sydney played a couple of shows with us and they were like hey have you ever come to japan come play a show with us so we were like sure let's do it um so that was fun and japan was you know i, I had a really great time when i was like a young 20 something no it's probably yeah, 19 or 20 something like that you were 19 uh, 19 or 20 yeah probably about that old um for a couple of weeks in japan and that's like the the tourist bubble sort of thing living in japan yes. is is very very different <laughs> that <was so laughs> that's probably why i only did like a year or so um it it was you know it was great like don't get me wrong i still look back on it and i'm like i'm really glad i did that but um you know most of the work i was doing was teaching english to high school students but not like literary analysis or any of that high level sort of stuff it's more like you know from the beginning my name is daniel uh, i like apples do you like apples and yeah I'm just staring at you and just you're like, like huh yeah exactly <laughs> like, i know you understand this just say you like apples <laughs> exactly but it's that um you know children of buttholes wherever they are so there you go no, oh i'm my. just joking i don't actually nah they are we but all, yeah, we, yeah, we all went to are. school exactly <laughs> we all went to school so yeah that was fun but um i was only there for um a year or so that was kind of just an opportunity to learn a new language and get some different experiences but during that time as well i was building up my you know resume and credentials so that i could eventually come to the u.s because you know i was friends with quite a few folks in the u.s um during that time um so and then yeah after i left japan back to australia for you know a few months or so save a bit of money then mm. come over here rinse and repeat i was only planning on staying for like a year maybe two years um putting the good old australian accent to work but then um it yeah. backfired because you all have accents over here and we, i met my now <laughs> wife caitlin we do oh, and, and i was like g'day and she was like how y'all doing i was like well dang that backfired and so you know five five and a half years later you're still, you're here. still here man yeah in, Yo. in high point north carolina like <laughs> so would not have yeah pictured that at all furniture market actually well no the one of the real <laughs> selling points was that um someone told me hey do you know daniel white oh my god this cat grew up in a high point i was like get out what <laughs> gotta see that Yo, I'm the attraction. I oh. brought I brought Daniel here, and he's here to stay five years. Free pizza podcast? What? What in the world is exactly. there free pizza? I know, right? No, there's no, not. there isn't. <laughs> and and I'm only realizing that now, which is um, 
you all can't see this, but I, I set out dinner plates and like nice and ports and napkins and everything, and it's um. I came in with nothing. Yeah, no, nah, just just a big smile, a big heart, and a lot of talent. So um, <laughs> okay. I suppose I can eat that. I'll try anyway. I have a lot of the two, but a talent. Eh, I don't know about that. Uh, I want to back up a little bit because I want to want to know where the theater came from, where sure. the love for theater came from was it a younger age in australia or did it develop after i think i've always just had like a bit of an inferiority complex and like this craving for attention and um i like lying to people so that's kind of like acting in a nutshell really you know just (laughs) lying and people paying attention to you it was wonderful so it fed my um you know my lack of self-esteem there um i'm of course like joking uh i don't know it was in you know, my mom always exposed me to like, like theater and stuff like that. I yeah. remember from a young age, um, I always really enjoyed like, you know, drama classes because you know you get to you know, act, be, act, be, be someone center else. of attention, someone else, that sort of thing. And then in high school, um, I had a really nice, you know, theater teacher and got a couple of opportunities out of that. Um, studied it in. Uh, college um realized i was probably never gonna like get big or anything i'm also a very lazy guy so i was like i'm not prepared to put in like the time to like do anything you know super crazy big screen exactly but um you know keep flexing the muscles wherever you can um and teaching theater i found i really enjoyed like sort of being in that not even necessarily a director position but like a i don't know a facilitator position which is pretty cool I found that theater really helps me in the classroom, even when I'm not teaching theater, just like teaching in general. Like, for example, in Japan, like what I was doing, sure, there was teaching and I was reaching out to some kids and stuff like that. But a lot of it as well was just like, you're a cultural ambassador now, you know, yeah. you've got to be on all the time. Um, they call that you know being genki which is like basically mean spirited and oh, energetic yeah genki get your genki on that's what it means okay. so when someone says genki desu they're asking how is your spirit how is your energy today that sort of thing um and so yeah wow. you, you kind of got to find that and theater just helps it also helps me you know bs my way through a bunch of interviews and By immigration stuff that gets me over here so there you go right <laughs> put on a whole different persona that's the idea right Pretend tend to be responsible productive <laughs> member of society and that's how it works that's amazing so first you took you a lot of a lot of plays and productions did mm-hmm. you actually go see a lot of plays while you were there yep okay that's awesome we um yeah i mean to this day like so my sister and I, my sister lives in London and I live over here. Oh, wow. So like our family's small. My, my dad passed away when I was like 10 or something oh, like that. that man. Oh, that's cool. Um, but uh, I only bring that up because um, coordinating birthday gifts, etc. Um, like for my oh. mom, especially when my sister and I are overseas. It's always like, man, what are we going to get her and stuff? Like her birthday is June 1st. And so my, oh. my sister and I, you know, for a few weeks beforehand, it's like, oh my God, what are we going to do? And we always have this momentary panic. And then we just realize, wait a minute, she just like loves the theater. So we end up just getting her like some theater tickets and stuff like that, which, you know, seems like it's kind of rinse and repeat. But, you know, if it's not broken, don't fix it. What she loves. It. Yeah, exactly. You know? Um, yeah. And I don't know. I think that's kind of what I like now. Just any like getting out to see any theater or involved at any level 
of theater is um yeah i know it's just it's cool i don't even necessarily mind if it's bad you know you always take something, away something yeah good you know it, there's like a teachable moment in there or something i, I don't know i love that i mean i've grown i was yelling my plays when i was younger you sure. know growing up in the church and growing up you know in high school and stuff like that i was in right, a lot right. of plays as well and i I do like plays, you know. I kind of I've come back to love them because I'm near Tanger Outlet, the yeah, Tanger right. Center in Greensboro. I live there near there, and being close to the theater, I was like, why not go to theater? Yeah, you know. So I, I, I love seeing stuff like that um, cropping up over here. Um, I mean, like you know, when I was in the UK, you know, like I was telling you, part of the job was having to go out and see different west end productions or the equivalent of you know off-broadway stuff so again there's a variety out there but just that exposure was was awesome the school that i was at the the intent was just exposing you know the kids to as much as they can see yeah. um, and with something like you know the tanga center now coming out here um even though a lot of it is how best to phrase this some of the stuff that i'm not the most excited to see because i feel like a lot of it's very you know commercial and stuff like that it's fantastic still at the same time and it's great to see this interest and this sort of culture coming through but you know conversely like i went out to ashborough on on friday night and saw this um you know great small production um, oh wow you know um which was you know, in some ways more engaging, uh, yeah. intimate, stuff like that. It's intimate, Not exactly. As polished, yeah. It's about like maybe 20, 25 people in the audience or something. But yeah. but like I came away like discussing that and remembering that and it still stuck with me and I'm like <laughs> questioning. I'm like, what did it mean when they did that? Or oh, that was an interesting <laughs> choice. Like, you know, yeah. so yeah, I think that's, it's as long as you're getting out seeing, getting involved in theater to some, you know, extent I, I think that's just a wonderful thing in and of itself not even theater like the arts in general so right right yeah. i love that that's and it's cool that you've been exposed to these different cultures going through this too with right. you know, japan and uk and your mom showing you love doing that too that's i think that's amazing sure so when we get an actual college did you study english did you, yeah. did you study theater i did both you did um, both okay yeah. yeah so how was studying that stuff um i am at least I wasn't. I don't know what I'd be like today. I was not a great student. Um, so you're I, lazy? <laughs> somewhat lazy, but also some... I think I was just someone who could could coast pretty well and could BS pretty well. Okay. I blame theater for that. But so, I was saying, yeah, you <laughs> yeah, that earlier. See yeah. what I mean? Lifelong skills, kids, yeah, you know? Get yeah. involved in theater. Um, so, yeah, I, I kick myself... Like to this day, and I'm sure other people feel the same. Like regardless of whatever, like line of work or, you know, whatever your interests or passions are. But, you know, I wish I could go back and give you know twenty year old me a kick up the butt and just be like, dude, pay attention. Like start taking notes a little bit more. Remember this stuff. Um, yeah. So yeah, but I mean, it was it was great. I quite enjoyed the program. The um the college that I went to was. Um, relatively small. It's the University of Notre Dame, actually, or Notre Dame, as you oh, say. But no. but <laughs> we do say Notre Dame. exactly <laughs> right. But um, they're um, 
their Australian branch at that time was, I think, in its second or third year. Wow. So its Sydney campus was still relatively um, small there. Wow. Um, so the program um, was still growing, but it was great being on the ground floor of that and sort of having a bit of an input in terms of what sort of stuff you want to study and, I don't know. Yeah, it yeah. Felt a little bit more, again, intimate, you know, hands-on yeah, sort of thing. Small classrooms. Small, small. See, I love that. There you know, what I studied was more broad, so it was a humongous classroom. Right. You didn't really feel like you were really seen by the, you know, professor and and all that. So yeah. I feel like more the more art based schools are more intimate. Sure. Yeah. I'd, you know, I'd probably I'd probably sign off on that too. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's cool. I love that. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, studying next to English was um, I know the two just go hand in hand. You know, um, I, I did a bit of creative writing and stuff as part of my English degree and. Again, that's helped in with, you know, theater and, you know, poetry and stuff like that. Absolutely. But um, I think, like, for example, if you're teaching English in the classroom, like teaching plays, it, it really helps having that theatrical element there. Like, yeah, you were teaching the, the language aspect of a play, um, you know, structural conventions and stuff like that. But the performance aspect as well is something that, kind of needs to be there i think yes exactly or at least you're going to get more from it that way you know there's only so much i don't know you're teaching the crucible in like 11th grade english (laughs) or something like that there's only you know so much you can do sitting down for two class periods and reading through the script like we get it but it's it's meant to be performed it's meant to be seen and exactly you know that sort of stuff that's great i remember reading that for high school as well and uh Canterbury Tales. Yep. Yeah, all, all of that. Stuff. Yep. Never saw that one. I didn't saw across either, actually, now that I think about it. Actually, I, would, I, I, should, I probably need to go do that. Yeah, <laughs> one exactly day. right. That was like, that was a very, uh, that was summer reading. So, wow. Mm-hmm. Fun stuff, yeah. <laughs> so, did poetry come then, or did it come later on? Uh, poetry was a little bit later on. I'd always, like, sort of dabbled in writing and stuff when I was growing up. Um, but poetry was always kind of more like a... I never enjoyed poetry in high school. I never enjoyed studying it. And my heart goes out to high school kids who have to study poetry sometimes because some of the stuff they are mandated to study (laughs) is not the most accessible or the most interesting or anything like that. And, you know, when I'm teaching that to my students, you know, I try to provide that little caveat. Like, I get it. Some of this stuff at the moment, it might not click or some of this stuff is not the most personally engaging for you but you this is kind of required and then you offset that by finding things that they do like and i think that's really important trying to find that there but um yeah growing up poetry wasn't first and foremost to me i was more into like songwriting and stuff with bands i was playing in so that was my poetic outlet but i never thought of it as like poetry um and then Oh, yeah, right uh, lyrics. Exactly, right. Yeah, yeah, you're right. That's poetry. I mean, yeah, there's this <laughs> lyrics poetry, man. Yeah, yeah. It is. Um and so then yeah, it actually wasn't until I like moved over here. Um I met a guy from uh this area as well, Clint Bowman. I don't know if you're familiar with Clint uh, no, at all. Not Clint, no. He's a Ledford uh guy. Okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Anyway, he um he started the Pullman Poet Society with the High Point Arts Council. Um, it's basically just like a collection of local poets um, of all different ages, abilities, backgrounds, etc. Um, we meet, you know, once a month and sort of 
you know, share our work, get some feedback, um, maybe some creative writing prompts or whatever. And then we do like these readings, we publish anthologies and stuff like that. Wow. Um, And Clint moved away in a few years ago now. Oh, two three years man. ago and he asked me he was like hey do you mind taking over this group and i was like yeah all right sure i'll sort of do that um and i love it it's 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 you know it's great it's a nice little creative outlet even if you're just doing something for yourself there it's um yeah yeah but he was the one who really sort of started pushing me to like hey why don't you try actually sitting down focusing and like writing a little bit more here um actually before that it was like a student in one of my classes because they were writing some poetry and i was just like grading them and one of his thing as i was giving feedback was like i'd like to see you do better i was like fine andrew i will like you know (laughs) so i did Um, yeah exactly yeah he called me and i was like you know what that's a fair point um wow so yeah and it's just been i don't know i feel like i don't when when I run these poetry groups, I tell people, and I don't know, maybe you, like, as an artist, you have thoughts on this as well. I think it applies to any art, but I'm like, are you... I'm, I'm not somebody who likes, like, defining, sorting things into separate categories or whatever, but there's... For me, poetry, I'm either writing something for myself or I'm writing for others to access it or understand it. Mm, um, okay. And okay. I'm not saying you can't do both or they don't, there's no cross-pollination there or anything like that. Um, but if you're, for example, writing a poem to be accessed by others, you need to make sure your intent, your message or whatever it is, is coming through. Um, it's fine if there's like a little ambiguity and stuff like that throughout. Sure, why not? Like that's some of the most intriguing stuff because then people discuss it and obviously the reader brings whatever their you know own, own experiences are their own interpretations to the table yeah and it's kind of like a living thing in that regard there um but if you want to be understood you got to make sure that there's that clarity or that accessibility for for lack of a better term whereas if you're writing for yourself you can kind of just do whatever. do whatever exactly i know what i meant by this i like that line shut exactly. up everyone else um, <laughs> i don't care what you think exactly so <laughs> yeah i think the stuff i write tends to be a little mix of both um lately it's definitely been more like just writing for myself um but yeah stuff i, I want others to see it tends to be a little bit sarcastic and yeah i don't know humorous i i don't i'm not that good at putting like deep thoughts out there for others for others as yeah. well for yourself my, yeah exactly it's a vulnerable like my, thing. yeah well yeah i guess i'm not that vulnerable i don't know <laughs> <laughs> that's why i love poetry because like you said it could be something that's for the masses or just for oneself and it's cool reading like i guess it's some famous poets work that are published now this is like wow i have no clue i have no idea what this means sure and i probably won't ever know what it means but like you know well it's it's great when you like when you get into like a a, I don't know particular poet that you really like and um you know most people could name a a poet or a piece of poetry or something that they really like off the top of their head sure because why not poetry is awesome um but you find a particular you know poet and you sort of dive into their works and you study how they've developed 
you know, and then you like find all like these like scribblings that never saw the light of day, and you're yeah. like, what? That's what I, that's what <laughs> I like. Crazy, yeah. yeah, exactly. It's it's cool. I remember I had that experience. When I went down to um, uh, Carl Sandberg's uh, place uh, just outside of Asheville. Again, that was with Clint, the guy who got us in through the Pullman Poet Society. Um, he lives in Black Mountain now, so I was visiting him like for a weekend. He's like, hey, let's check out this Carl Sandberg house and. Um, yeah, like, you know, I was familiar with probably five or six, you know, of his works, mm. quite enjoyed it. Um, but then you go like digging around through some of his, like, he's just got reams and reams of stuff that, you know, either God. A, no one's ever like seen or barely anyone knows or whatever. And, you know, I, I like seeing that element of a poet, this unpolished rawness that even i don't fully understand it's like this i don't know if defiance is the right word i'm waxing poetic now i I realize that but it's like this this wellness just to put whatever is raw out there and sometimes it makes sense sometimes it doesn't and sometimes you come back to your work you know two or three weeks later and you look at it and you go, this is crap. What yeah. was I thinking? Was that crap? Yeah, yeah. maybe it was. But sometimes <laughs> we all have crappy thoughts and so I just got to get that out and form a catharsis or something like that and eventually maybe you get something good that congeals together and you can sort of put yeah. a frame around it or something like that. I well, don't know. As an artist, once you learn how to be okay with not putting out the best stuff all the time or looking back on your stuff, y'all think it makes you such a better artist. Oh yeah, 100%. You know? Uh, I, I don't know. Do you ever like go back and look at your like early stuff? And, uh, all the time, brother. It, honestly, that kind of, it keeps me grounded. Yeah. You see your, you see, literally see your growth. Yeah. You know? It's my initial reaction is to cringe. Yeah. But yeah. then, <laughs> yeah. but then you go, ah, but I respect like, like you said, I've seen that growth. But even more rewarding and perhaps because, in my experience anyway with me, it's because it's not as frequently. Um, but you find something that, I don't know, from 10 years ago and you're like, hey, that idea blossomed into this or that still holds. And you're like, dang, all right. That's, that was all right. I, I, yeah, I did something all right there. That's good. <laughs> and you just kind of ignore all that other you know, crappy stuff Blah. if you can. Yeah. La, 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 la. <laughs> Focus on the positive. Pretend like you didn't have a day. That, exactly. That, that, that poem, that, I didn't write that. <laughs> I didn't write that. No, I love looking at old work just for that reason. You know, sure. it's, a, it's a, that led to where you are now. Like you said, that, that's, you said that perfectly well. You yeah. know, that's why I never, I have an old Flickr account, which I don't know if you know, oh, you know yeah, what Flickr yeah, is. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and Photo Bucket. And I have, I still have those accounts. I look at those photos all the time. Yeah. Like, man, that's, that's where I was 10 years ago. Yeah. And back then, I was, I was very proud of this. And I like, you know, still am. See, I was talking to someone the other day, um, again, in this poetry group, and they were saying that, you know, they they very rarely all, like, they will, under great duress, look back at previous work. Mm. Um, They think it's, I don't know, I don't know, I can't can't put words in their mouth, but they they were, uh, what I understood they were saying is that it, they felt a little indulgent or something like that. And I don't know whether that's because they couldn't look at their work with a critical eye and Mm. be like, no, just look at this objectively and separate there. Or whether they thought it was like, you know, 
maybe their past work is just like perfect so like you know they they look at it and they just get a big head afterwards i I don't interesting it's not for me but yeah no me either nah (laughs) i'm always gonna pick apart my work i pick apart i pick it apart now you know so it's i'm never gonna ever be perfect (laughs) always be like i could do that better that better that better but it's all a journey right 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 it's never ending being an artist is never ending being a teacher is never ending being in the poet is is never ending work that's true that's true which is a beautiful thing so with the poet, so do you do critiques in this in this class? Yeah, we do. Um, so how does that work without being, without someone understanding where the poet's coming from? Um, well, I guess that's that's part of it, isn't it? Um, what I like about this group is that it's it's not just a sterile come in, hi, put your piece of paper down there, and let me just read this in isolation, and present my thoughts back to you that's Mm. sure that sort of blind critique can be beneficial like let's say you're trying to get published in a a journal or something like that i mean that is literally what happens you send off your work someone reads it and they critique it Mm. um this group we offer those sorts of things like that's awesome if i've got someone who really wants you know to get to that step of you know being published in, in a journal or something like that somewhere um you know, I would say to them, just give me this, don't say anything. Let me give you my initial honest thoughts, you know, as raw as it can be. Yeah. And we can work from that. But there are some people there who are mainly writing for themselves or something like that. So, you know, you sit down, everyone knows each other. So it's a bit of a social affair as well. And be like, all right, Daniel, you got anything you want to share for us this week? Yeah, such and such. Let me give you a little bit of a background, backstory about this, yada, 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 yada. Mm. They read it out. Um, you jot down some notes, etc. As you go, it's all, you know, uh, affirming. You know, uh, for lack yeah. of a better term, a safe space sort of thing. But then you, you know, we we debate, we go back and forth um, quite a bit. Uh, I'm I'm a stickler for language and form and structure and stuff like that. Oh no, so, dude. yeah, no. This is this is. I'm just all I'm saying is that it no, has to. Ha- for me personally, I like poetry that has some sort of intent behind the structure sense. and stuff like that mm-hmm. and i'm also aware of like the different connotations um of words phrases what's the intent behind what you're trying to say here because mm-hmm. it can be interpreted this way are you aware of it being interpreted this way you are perfect that's fine cool yeah. Yeah. and that's part of your intention as well all power to you but just be aware i think that some of these words perhaps you could consider rephrasing or the use of this in this context or something like that okay. um so i guess to get back to your original question the you do have to understand where the poet is coming from within this group um, and we allow them to we, we allow each other to you know give your preamble let us know your your mindset your intent behind writing this mm. what inspired it etc um we've got a couple of people in the group who are really big, like researchers. If I set them a prompt or something like that, they're like, look at all this. And you know, they'll have printouts of like stuff that they researched or just so that they, their one illusion in one line in one stanza makes sense. And I'm like, all right, cool. Like you could have told me that in a sentence too, but But it's good on you. You got into it. That's great. Um, and that helps in understanding, um, the poem. Whereas if I just came in coldly, I had no idea about what this, reference was there i'm not gonna uh get that so we understand their their background um their intent and again i always ask them is this for you or is this for 
the masses? The audience, are you yes. trying to be an audience? Exactly. Are you trying to be understood? Because we have quite a few people of different ages, um, races, nationalities coming through here. There's a lot of different backgrounds there. Yeah. So if the poet can get somewhat of a consensus, I guess, amongst all these different um I don't know, people who are bringing different interpretations to a poem, if everyone's kind of on the same page, I sort of say to the poet, all right, you've, you've done a good job then. Everyone good. understands what you're trying to say. Or yeah. this is how we all took it. Is that what you meant? And if they're like, no, then you're like, well, okay, maybe it's a back to the drawing board or maybe we just need to broaden our minds a little more. But Very it's good. just something to be, you know, aware of. Um, wow. And, you know, we, we certainly don't run the group as it's like... You know, fire. You know, this is the way it must be done always, and everything like that. No, um, you know, at our last meeting, I had uh, one one of our members, a woman. I was going back and forth with her just on a couple of lines. I just I couldn't get over the the word choice. I'm like, are you sure this means what you <laughs> want to say here? Because it just it doesn't. It like it literally does not work. And we're sort of going back and forth on that for a while. Um, and then a couple of other people chimed in. I was like, oh, actually, I, okay, I guess I see what you mean now. All right, yes, that does make sense there. So again, that was just an instance of where my background, my experiences just did not gel with, you know, yeah. her, what she was trying to get out and say. Um, and that's not to say, I mean, in, in that instance, I, I was wrong, actually. I was like, oh, okay, yeah, no, fair enough. All right, I get it. I, I yeah. withdraw my objection. Fair enough there. Hey, um, that happens. And it's exactly. And yep. so that's just like a, a humbling sort of yeah, reality check, which I, I think is great. I don't know. Wow. Sort of got off on a little tangent there. But no, yeah, I love that. that's, that's no. part of the process. I think. Well, it sounds like you're learning a lot from this group, too. Yeah. Even, even though you're head in the group, it's like, okay, you're you're... You're learning a lot. Yeah, I, I tend to think of it as more like just I'm like facilitating. I like that better. I'm yeah. like, yeah. hey, here's a poetic form or here's a style or here's a little exercise that um, might work. Um, take it or leave it. You know, they because I'm a teacher and because I can't help it when I give critique, I I make my notes and stuff like that. It's just, it's just how I operate. Um, <laughs> they they, they think, like... yeah, they, they call it homework and stuff like that. And like, oh crap, <laughs> Daniel's got his red pen out. It's like, no, it's not like that. But yeah, I like to think of it as more just like a facilitator and the, the group kind of runs itself, but you just need someone who's kind of, um, even if not holding the reins, like, pointing setting some sort of destination and if you want to go a different route to get there or something then that's yeah. fine um but okay. I'll, I'll see you at the finish line i am mixing metaphors like you would not believe right now i swear i'm a better poet than this i'm about man. to say i can <laughs> tell you're, you're going crazy <laughs> with it that's all the groups sound like it's very very awesome and challenging and fun yeah so no, that's it, what it, matters that's awesome and it's a nice little um community you know involvement stuff as well yeah we see like you know members sort of just like it's just totally free there's, there's no obligations or anything like that people come and go like someone might drop in and i don't see them for a couple of months or something and they're like yeah no i had the night free so okay. came out yeah exactly like that and we have people who are constantly there yeah it's awesome um so yeah i love it's like that where communities can come together and connect and network and just yeah. see that there's other people just like them 
exactly right. That's really as simple as that. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I love that. I, I probably wouldn't have gotten into like, you know, as into poetry as I am now, if not for like, you know, the existence of this group. And that came about from just like meeting a guy who became like a friend and, mm-hmm. you know, that was just kind of like a mutual interest from that there. And then it sort of blossoms, you know? Yeah, hey, that's that's the power of art, my friend. You know, I love our art. is my favorite thing. There that's that's the reason why the people you meet, man. It's so go. cool. It's so cool. Um, so with that, and this is probably a good time to bring this up. You say you're in a little writing funk. Yeah. Yes, yeah, so I think that's very. I love talking to people who are kind of in a little little droughts. You know what I'm saying? So yeah. let's talk about that just a little bit. The Free Pizza Podcast is sponsored by Zipster, specializing in custom websites and local design. You don't have to lift a finger to look cool online. Visit Zipster.com and see what they can do for you. This is Christine Benz, and you're listening to Free Pizza. I think it's more a... Well, we were talking before we started like recording about this idea of just maybe spreading yourself thin and stuff like that. Yes. Um, yes. You know, I'm lucky as a teacher now that we've hit like, you know, summer vacation. I get a bit of extra time off there, which is good. And I often find that gives me a moment to like, you know, you know, settle, realign, refocus. And if there's something that I've been wanting to work on, um, now all of a sudden I've got the time that I can sort of do that. Um, during the school year and this year in particular, you know, especially, you know, I feel like everybody has to say it now, but like, you know, with the pandemic and just mm. how that sort of like throws a spanner at the works. Um, yeah, my time just kind of started to get away with me. I noticed, um, and I wasn't really spending a lot of time on poetry. That said, I was doing more with theater um like through the school some of the plays we were doing requires a lot more time and energy but that was a creative outlet like you know directing there i was like oh this is so i don't know whether it's just a matter of like you know my fuel reserves like creative fuel reserves are being siphoned off into different areas um you know i was performing in um the little theater of winston-salem's out of order which was a you know really fun comedic british fast there but that you know just in terms of learning lines rehearsals four times a week performances and stuff like that you know that that kind of siphons your energy um so yeah that's not to say that i wasn't still writing poetry it was more just poetry for myself yes. um i was getting my poetic kicks through running the group and again acting as well sorry facilitating the group and acting as more like just being exposed to what others were doing and engaging with that there, providing feedback and, you know, whatever. Um, Mm. Yeah. I feel like probably a year ago, I was like really like, I don't know. Do you find this way? Like with your work, do you go through like, like peaks and trust when you're like, you know, Oh man, uh, this year, 2018 spring, 2018, I was producing some of my best stuff and then like, but then the following year I was like, man, what was that? Or something like, I just, I had enough to get by or that was a, that was a bit of a, uh, a dry spell or something, but then bang, I came back or something. Like, yep. do you, do you find that? All the time, man. You know, I could sometimes have good months and bad months. This, it, it, it's, it's, it's as frequent as that. Yeah. You know? I, 
And it's, it's, it's a mystery of how I get out of it. I, I really can't even tell you. Well, I was going to ask, like, what's your, like, philosophy? But if you don't know, you don't know. Because I have people who advocate, like, doesn't matter. You just, you write every day or you do whatever. And I'm like, to me, that feels like you got a broken arm and you're going to go out and just keep playing tennis all day. Sometimes you need to step away for a bit and recuperate. That's not to say you can't do some squats or something like that. That's a different form of exercise, different form of creative outlet. Um, I don't know. I I guess that's kind of where I am at the moment with poetry. If there's, I I get like ideas and stuff that's coming and I jot those down and I play around with it, but I'm also not forcing anything. And Mm. I don't think it's anything that is, again, to go back to that dualistic camp sort of thing. It's not anything that anybody's ready to see at the moment or that I want them to see. It's more just like, yeah, this is, stuff for myself and I'll probably go back and look at it in two months time and be like, Oh man, that was cringy. <laughs> what was I thinking? <laughs> you know, but you get stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. And you know, I think people, um, I obviously talk a lot of creatives on the show and right. it's like, sometimes they'll put their medium down completely and walk away. And some people are like, you know what? I always do things just for me right. and no more client work. Sure. Or sometimes I'll just dabble in a different medium altogether right. to get the fire back to where I was to produce my work. So exactly. there's no right or wrong way. Some people who can just fire or work through their, their um, burnouts. Yeah. I don't think that's super healthy, but obviously some people have their own ways of doing things. So I admire that tenacity. I just know that I'm more of a pragmatist than like, you know, anything else. Mm. And I just know that, yeah, I could force myself to sit down for for an hour a day and just like get this poem done Mm. but i'm not going to enjoy it um i think it's going to be ultimately better eventually if i do come back to it when i feel that surge yeah um yeah and like you said that sometimes comes from dabbling in other things you know um yeah so i i I don't know but yeah but yeah a little bit of a uh funk just in terms of like producing some new stuff there's stuff floating around but nothing that's fully congealed yet i would right. say well, you're also just busy i mean is you know, that life, too, life yeah. is happening you have a relationship you that's have this true. and that that so it's, it'll come when it comes yeah yeah there's no right. pressure yeah. <laughs> no, hey, well, that's that's the good thing i guess yeah. i mean I, i'm in a I'm, I'm in a bit of a i want to say unique situation but I, I feel like i'm pretty lucky in the sense that my my job like my primary sort of secured job you know is an is an educator a teacher i work in you know a publicly funded high school and i'm lucky enough that i get to teach theater there so there is some sort of creative outlet all the time with that i'm not someone who has to make my living or what have you from my art um so maybe you know, my whole thing where I can be like, eh, I can step back away from that for a little bit. It, you know, is that position of, you know, privilege or whatever. Maybe some people, you know, don't have that luxury. Like, no, man, I've got to get this done. Um, sort of thing. Even if it's like, <laughs> yeah, like banging my head against the wall. Like, I suppose you just got to get it done there. I, I don't know. Like I said, like I just went full time, but I still right. work part time at my day job. So sure. that's alleviating some stress. Right. To where I'm not really f- completely focused on doing art. I hear you. You know, and I'll probably always have it like that, honestly. I don't think I'll always, I, don't, I, I won't call it a future, but like, no. I, I, it would have to be very 
ever make a lot of money for me to just jump from doing my day job completely. Dude, I, I, I hear you. I think that's what I was talking about earlier when, like, you know, the studying theater. Like, I was... I, I was solid. I really enjoyed it. Um, and I had a couple of professors say, you know, you should focus, jump in, go jump yeah. in with it. But I don't know whether it's just cowardice or whatever. I don't think it's that. I think it's more that pragmatism that I just had there. It's like yeah. I don't want to be suffering or stressed. I don't want my artistic pursuits ever to feel like a burden. Like, you know a, like I mean. a job. You like a job. Yeah. Like, and everyone's like, if you find a job you like, you won't be, or what's the quote? If you find... Find someone you love. You won't feel like you're working day. You're yeah. like, well, crap, that thing that is false. Yeah, I, that is the most false. Vehemently disagree. <laughs> super disagree because if anything, it adds more. Everyone I know is freelance. Obviously, they love it, but they're just like, dude, when it's bad, it's sure. It's, it's horrible. You know. <laughs> when it's yeah. bad, it's bad. So. I don't know. I mean, and you hear those stories about, like, you know, those, those lucky few who, who do make it all like they do have that talent or that drive that they just boom they hit it and they seem to be like flourishing but i just i mean i can only speak for myself i just i don't know if i'm willing to take that gamble or whether or not i operate that way you know um, yeah i think that's just important to recognize sometimes as well yeah absolutely okay i've also talked to a lot of people who i thought who i thought were freelance right and they weren't. Not right. <laughs> They're just like, no, I have a job outside of this. It's like, oh, I would have never guessed. There you go. A lot of people who are successful artists are like, nah, this is, I can't do this full time. Sure. <laughs> this is, it would take away a lot of fun out of it. And I completely agree with them. Yeah. So I definitely find other things if it's causing you some stress. You know what I'm saying? So One thing I started getting into recently was, um, and I'm finding this. It's a nice little creative outlet as well. Um, I started playing Dungeons and Dragons like Dude. during the um, like, during like lockdown. My wife and I and my my roommate That's we're all kind of nerdy. I was I was like, well, you've, I've always wanted to play this. I never done, but like no time like the present. And now I'm like obsessed, man. Like I don't know if you saw like in the like coffee table over there. Dice. Oh no, it's a bunch of like terrain that I'm making just cuz I'm not I'm I'm by no means like a visually artsy sort of guy. Like I can like doodle and draw and stuff like that a little bit, but nothing like great. But now I'm like running out to Hobby Lobby or wherever I can just to pick up all these like obscure art supplies because I saw this tutorial on YouTube and I have to get my my hill terrain looking just right and you can only do that with this level of coarseness like granular sort of element happening there so like before like <laughs> amazing. before yeah before we met up with you like I was like just painting like an extra layer on this thing that I was doing wash my hands off like two minutes before you sort of got here um and i've never really thought about that like literally until this moment in terms of like a creative sort of outlet but i guess it kind of is in a way i don't know it's like is. dabbling in a different medium um dude that's how everyone dungeons and dragons is just storytelling really when you think about it so which is like, your which is your thing exactly right it's so maybe acting. that's it it's all acting as well yeah. holy crap yeah dude <laughs> just had a breakthrough Look yeah dude i'm telling you man there's that's what every artist you find something else you enjoy mm-hmm. to get your mind off the the main thing you, yeah. you have to and D D a lot of 
friends with artists play D and D. Yeah, a I, ton I'm of not surprised, but yeah, it's just you know. Yeah, I love. I go on Twitch and sometimes I'll, I'll sit and watch. Yeah, it's yeah, not yeah. Completely my thing, but I love watching. Sure. And it's insane what stories and characters develop right. from these different things. I think it's. I think it's amazing. Yeah, yeah. No, you know, it's, um, so good for you. Yeah, thanks, man. It's, um, <laughs> Is it Caitlin plays too? She does play. That's yeah, awesome. she's um, <laughs> she's currently playing in. In one campaign that we've got, she's playing as a uh, gnome artificer. So she's basically like this um, gnome who got drunk one... This is her backstory. She she got drunk one night, um, was trying to outdo her male colleagues because they all think she is a female inventor who's inferior. And then she got drunk and she invented this like magical like pistol handgun thing and... Everyone's like, how'd you do that? She's like, I don't know. I can't remember. So now she's trying to work out how, how she did that. It's, it's kind of like the hangover, but, you know, yeah. Dungeons and Dragons said it. Yeah, exactly. And just you know, running around shooting magical beams at people. So Shout out to Caitlin. Yeah. Shout out to Caitlin. That's my anger roommate. Yeah, right. Yes. Yeah, and my roommate, Whitney. Roommate. Yeah. Yes. What's her name? Uh, her name's Whitney. Whitney. Shout out to Whitney if you listen to this. Oh, she's listening. We'll, we'll make her listen. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, let's go to the theater, the, sure. the play you just did. Mm-hmm. Talk about that and uh, your directing and all that, and then we'll we'll get on out of here. Yeah, sure thing. Um, so the play I was just in um, is through the Little Theater of Winston-Salem. Yes. Um, yeah, really, really great um, community theater there in Winston. Um, there's a lot going on in Winston, actually. But, uh, yes, there is. I was, I was really, really fortunate to get involved with them. Um, uh, the show's called Out of Order. Um, it's a... British farce. Um, basically, the premise is this older conservative member of parliament, um, a junior minister, is trying to um, have an affair with a secretary from the opposition side. So they're in a, it's a scandalous, um, not raunchy, but very like naughty. There's a lot of innuendo throughout this show um, in in a hotel in in. Uh, in London, and they wow. discover a, uh, a dead body in the windowsill when they're in the room. Um, oh and my God. They can't tell the police about it because then there's a scandal about how he's having an affair and all that sort of thing. So they try to remove the body, and he calls up his um, personal secretary, um, George Pigden, which is who I played, who's basically like the um, the put upon servant who has to go through constantly jumping through more and more ridiculous hoops lies upon lies um in order to hide this body and stuff like that people keep coming into the room discover the wrong moment i told this person this lie but now such and such is coming back in and so there's a whole lot of that going on um it's a lot of fun very physically demanding um had to try and do a British accent there. I think people thought just because I have an Australian accent, you know, <laughs> I gonna, it sounds the same. I'm like, yeah, sure, why not? Whatever. <laughs> I was going to ask you that. People yeah. like, confuse you with being from uh, yeah. the UK or something. Well, my accent that I'm talking to you like right now is kind of me watering it down. It's not my full Australian. Oh, it's, okay. No. So <laughs> I have to do that so people like understand me over here. Um, but also from my time in the UK, I, I think... Um, I didn't think so at the time, but I, I realized I've picked up a little bit of the like pronunciations and some of the inflections that's typically British. So I've kind of got like a bit of a bastardized accent over here. Um, but yeah, that, that kind of helped in the show. You know, if people thought, where's that guy from? Hey, he sounds British. Yes, good enough. You yeah, know, whatever. Fine. Perfect. Shh. Um, yeah. So, so that was a lot of fun. I really want to get involved um, with them and maybe some other um 
you know, theatrical groups. Uh, yeah, yeah. You know, in the future there. Um, but yeah, that was kind of a spur of the moment thing. I, I was doing a bit of acting in, uh, you know, Australia and the UK before, you know, moving to Japan. Then over here, I hadn't done anything for several years, but then after taking over the theatre program at the school this year, I was like, well, i kind of got to put money where my mouth is a little bit. Um, mm-hmm. And so, yeah, I went and auditioned and, you know, straight away in with that, which was really, really cool. Wow. Um, so, yeah, very happy and very, like, you know, fortunate in that regard there. Um, the, the school um, theatre program, um, we're really, like, revitalising it this past year. Uh, we did Midsummer Night's Dream, which is, you know, pretty... Well, it's pretty standard, course, you know. It's one, yeah. of my, it's one of my preferred Shakespearean, um, like, plays, though. I don't know. I just find it inherently ridiculous and, and, and funny, um yeah absolutely holy crap that's awesome yeah and then for next year our school production what we're looking at doing is um uh she kills monsters i'm not sure if you're familiar with it i've not heard of that one it's um basically it's set in the 90s um this uh young adult this young woman she uh loses her uh, family tragically in a car accident um she had a younger sister that she was never that close to her sister was like a bit of a weirdo and like nerdy and stuff like that mm-hmm. um so when the sister's going through uh you know her younger sister's belonging she comes across this journal which turns out to be a dungeons and dragons module that she was like <laughs> writing and so the sister wants to learn more about um you know her deceased sister and get closer to her this way metaphorically so she finds out a bunch of finds a group of like local nerds and asked and learns to play the game like you know through them and it turns into a bit of a therapy session and she gets to talk to her dead sister through this game in this way so um a lot of emotions going on there but it's it's great in terms of like stage combat and puppetry and stuff like that and i just think it's yeah it's pretty cool for young young people in particular like yeah kids tend to like this sort of thing um and i also get to you know focus on dungeons and dragons so say, there yeah. you go right it's two your, birds one stone your new passion yeah exactly right <laughs> maybe that's it there's got to be some way i can like capitalize on you know D D or something like that people have done it for years now so you definitely can I've daniel i've got to get in there yeah figure it out yeah right <laughs> that's so cool man holy moly yeah uh, do you ever want to do a screen like do you write a full screenplay ever um that was never really no not so much for film um okay. I, I had in the past, probably about 2014, 2015, um, I was working pretty heavenly, heavenly, heavily on heavenly. a, heavenly, uh, pretty heavily <laughs> on a, um, on a, uh, a play, but it, going back to what we we're talking about earlier, you know, how you go back and you look at stuff and you can disregard some of the crap, but maybe you salvage some of the good stuff that sort of comes through there. Um, that play eventually got turned into a comic script. I was, I was really big into comics for a while there. I mean, I still am. I think comics and graphic novels are fantastic, but um, my focus on that sort of shifted more towards poetry. Um, but then that story changed into this uh, novel, which is, you know, being written and it's currently um, out with a publisher in Australia. Um, fingers crossed they're going to pick that up. Um, but we'll, we'll see what sort of happens there. But it's just interesting how, you know, 
going back to that idea of like you know past work sort of gets salvaged and transformed going from a play to a comic now to a novel and stuff like that it's I don't know what happens next. Maybe a puzzle. I'll make a puzzle out of it. Sure, why not? We gotta get the puzzle going. Yeah, the puzzle needs to happen. That's what I mean. <laughs> Could you make? How would you do that? I wonder. How would you make like a a a novel length puzzle? How does that work? That... Maybe that's our next thing, Daniel. Dude, we, so gotta we need make... to collaborate on. Ooh, a novel based puzzle. Right. Like it feels like too obvious, just to and impractical, just to you know take the manuscript yeah, 300 pages long in like a big puzzle that feels like a little you can't impossible. read it no <laughs> so then together. so then exactly yeah that's it <laughs> you, you, you spoil the ending first accidentally ah dang it i don't even know how that would work but you know if if, that might if be... anyone who can like if there's anyone who can work it out i think it might be you you know me yeah i know you're an artistic guy you know <sighs> You know what, Daniel? For our sake, I'm going to do it. And if not you, subsequent guests on the podcast, maybe like you ask all of them, how would you do this? That's that's a good test of their like creative spirit because you've clearly just seen I have no, no idea. idea. I'm like, ah, so I'll there you that. go. But you probably get somebody who is actually talented and has this creative spark who could say, this is how you would make a novel length puzzle. Like, is it? in a book medium and it's like you can't move on to the next page until you solve the first page that would like constrain some of the problems about like spoiling the end first very true imagine if the author did that that would be insane like what well, Stephen King so hey this is what that's book you can't read you can't read <laughs> you can't it can't no oh, I don't <laughs> it'd be like a <laughs> I'm, I'm thinking now there's even like a deeper level you go with this the story changes because there's no right way to rearrange the novel. Ooh. Or like you give them set parameters. So each chapter like turns out different. You can somehow like constrain the way. All right. This started off as a joke and now I'm actually like legitimately that like interested in this. Fire. So it's kind of like a choose your own adventure, but, but, but not. Cause even that, like you can still cheat. Like, yeah. You could tell you, know, you do can the... jump ahead and yeah, exactly. But I think of someone dedicated, like, no, I want to read every single page. Dude, that would be kind of fire. I ain't gonna lie. What would you call it? Like, what, what's the art medium? Like, <laughs> Dude, puzzle, what would you, I don't puzzles, 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 puzzle books. <laughs> puzzle book. Yeah, that could work. A puzzle book. Puzzles. Like you can throw jigsaw in there. I'm not good with names. I can see that in like maybe a short format and like a Barnes and Noble. Sure. Like kids book. That's what I mean. I think, and that's probably where you start. Do honestly you know, for kids around? developing kids. That'd be kind of sick. Ooh. Who's the protagonist? Who's the antagonist? You just give them a bunch of names. And then like, you know, I like the idea that I can be like, hey, Daniel, this is like six-year-old me. Hey, Daniel, I'm learning to read. This is the book that I made slash that I'm reading. And you would say, this is the one that I'm reading. And then we could swap and I could be, take out my red pen and just be like, so what were you trying to say by this word here, this right line here. or phrase here? Was this written for you or was this written for, <laughs> for everybody here? Because you need to make sure that what you're saying is accessible. <laughs> and that's what we call coming we have, full, circle. We have full circle. Full circle. We have something here. I want to keep the idea fresh. Right, I think that so. might be kind of fire. Make a note of it. If, if you get any like collaborators or people like on there, yeah. 
Dude, this is the Daniel Becker show now. Yeah, I, no, I don't know about that. I'm just, I, I'm the facilitator, remember? I just, I'm throwing right. an idea. Now it's up to you and the other, like, creatives to, like, actually, like, realize it. Okay. We can figure that out. I'm, I'm sure you will. All right. I'm going to find someone to do it. But hey, just make it look a little 10-page kids thing. Yeah, put it as a puzzle. Each chapter is a different bag of pieces. Right. And just put it together, and then that's how you read it. It's puzzle mind games. Pretty clever. Yeah. They're mind games. This actually be very beneficial for people to do that. Agreed. We're gonna figure that out, people. Right, we just created a new genre of um of literature. Look at that. That's Daniel's future goal. He's gonna be a a, a puzzle maker. <laughs> puzzle. <laughs> puzzle does sound like something like one of those internet startups or something it does. like that. Buzzle. Puzzle. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Oh, this has been such a pleasure, dude. Now your mind's yeah. racing. Mine oh, yeah. Too. Get out of here. I've got work to do. <laughs> yes. Dude, this is so cool. When, in the Poetry Society, is that still happening every month? That's right. Yeah, we meet uh, the second Tuesday of every month, um, okay. 5.45 in High Point. Um, that's the Pullman Poet Society. If anyone's interested in getting involved with that, it's totally free. You can come as often or as infrequently as you like. Um, you can contact the uh, High Point Arts Council. They can provide information on that. But yeah, that's the Pullman Poet Society. If yes. you're someone who likes critiquing others, wants your work critiqued or whatever, yeah. think of it like that. It's a, it's a, If nothing else, it's a free um, critique group. You know, exactly. Right? So there Could you, you also come and just listen? Uh, typically, that's cool. I would recommend if you're someone who wants to come, like to just sort of listen, uh, keep an eye out for some of our events. We do do like live readings okay. um, yeah, pretty yeah. frequently and stuff like that. Um, but typically, when we we meet, you know, in that more intimate sort of group, it's it's primarily to get uh, to debate and discuss. No, I'm not saying you couldn't come along and be like, "Hey, I'm a poet. Um, I." I don't necessarily want to read anything tonight or whatever, but I'm curious. Um, yeah. You know, we ask for participation as opposed to just sort of passive um, right? sort of presence there. Okay. But so yeah. if you're interested in that, or a lot of poets, or people who leisurely are poets, poetry, sure. they can come through and hang out. It's right in High Point. Right Everyone's point. always saying there's nothing to do on High Point. That's not true. That's not Th- true at that's all. That's not true at all. So. Making stuff to do all the time. Yeah, exactly. That's you a lot something of do done, you got to make it done. Absolutely. Yeah. Every time I drive through here, and it's like, what is being built? Now, this is crazy. Right. You know, so shout out to High Point. Shout out to you. Right. Shout out to Whitney. Shout out to Caitlin. Everyone's shout out to D&D Legends. And look at that. You know we're going crazy. We are. But no, thank you for doing this, man. This is so cool. Oh, yeah, Your man. life is insane. Well, I appreciate <laughs> you. Thank you so much for having us, man. It's been um, an absolute blast. Thank you. Yes, I hope it won't be the last thing I'm going to show you. You're probably doing something crazy in it's five years. Well, let's see what happens there. Yeah. When you know? Buzzle takes off, you Buzzle! can have me back on. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, I will tag Daniel and um, you know, website and everything, too. I'll tag all that, and uh, we'll go from there. But yes, come to the Poetry Society. Sounds amazing. Um, and yes, stay tuned for more episodes. Shout out to Daniel. Thank you, Daniel. I was talking about myself. (laughs) Shout out to (laughs) Daniel, too. (laughs) Bye. The Free Pizza Podcast. We are on Spotify, iTunes, SoundCloud. Just go on the Google App Store. Go on everywhere. Check us out on Instagram, Facebook, MySpace, LiveJournal, Twitter. We tweet. We'll do smoke sniggles. Whatever y'all need. Thank y'all so much. Have a good night.